So Alaska finally came in. That's a big deal in that, well, Trump won Alaska, so he's still in it. Alaska's uh, Seward's Folly. I'm still anti the purchase of Alaska. Seward's Folly. Wow. There's an old-timey fifth-grade history callback. Oh, it pulls chicks like crazy, man. Yeah. That sort of obscure historical knowledge. Yeah Sam, oh, yeah, Sam hits me all the time with stuff he's learning in fifth grade, and I'm really amazed at how much of it I uh, I still remember. Mm-hmm. Um, it's back there, just a little jiggling. I'm not you sure remember it. if it's helped me at all knowing it, a lot of the stuff that he throws out. but uh, I think you need to question. know how your country came to be. I think that's good. It's the opposite of, you know, Orwell always warned us, those who will take away your rights, your freedom, your country, the first thing they're going to do is twist and erase your history. Don't let them do it. Don't let them do it to your kids. Uh, Alaska, um, it's a fine purchase. Uh, but anyway, so the Republicans... <laughs> I mean, per acre, please, stole it. The Republicans won Alaska, and so more importantly, the Republicans are now guaranteed at least 50 senators. Now, uh, if it's a 50-50 tie... Is the majority leader Schumer because of the vice president being president of the Senate? Absolutely, or absolutely not. That's a great question. How come I don't know that? That seems like you the sort of thing you should learn from listening to me. With the Veep being the deciding vote, I have no idea. <laughs> Shut up. Sorry, that was disrespectful. Shut up, Madam Vice President-elect lady. Uh, but anyway, the Republicans are going to have at least 50, and if you can pick off one out of Georgia, then you got the full-on uh, advantage right there. So what do you Dick, want? Are you nailing that down, Sean? That's really, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I don't know that and can't tell you that right so now. So the first thing I was looking at, the, the VP um, will give the majority to his or her party, so I'm assuming that okay, means gotcha. Schumer right. would then be the... That would make sense. Yeah. So the president of the Senate would decide in a 50-50 tie who's in charge? Okay, I get it. What a horrible human being he is. Who? Chuck Schumer. Oh. I wish I could sit him down and hit him with some sodium pentothal and say, why do you say the horrific things you do? They're terrible for the country. He'd probably say, listen, son, this is politics. A substantial number of voters are stupid. So I'm giving the stupid people what they need to vote Democrat. I would like to have a gimmick. I've never settled on one, but his gimmick has always been the reading glasses way down on the nose. He leaves yeah. them on all mm-hmm. the time. Yeah. It's just as if he does interviews, he has them on, that sort of thing. Yeah, You're almost always beheaded, but that's uh, common. It's not a gimmick. It's got to be notable to that's be a gimmick. Like, a, I like, haven't, like my mink stole is my gimmick. That's a, I haven't shaved my head in a couple of weeks. Mm. That's when I wear a hat. And you look unhomed. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, a gimmick would be great. I don't. What do you have in mind? You got any ideas? I've at various times thought of having like a uniform that I wear. A uniform? I could see you pulling off a uh, a pocket watch. <laughs> wow, it would fit with my brand. That yeah. is on brand, Sean. Yeah. yeah, a pocket watch would be on brand. How about a pencil behind the ear? Yeah, that's a good one. I don't know what pencil that behind the ear guy. fit you great, but. Huh? Pocket watch. But I've thought of a uniform like just always. I would like it for the simplicity. The Steve oh. Jobs sort of thing. The I Albert you Einstein. Meant literally, sort of you're going to dress up like a UPS guy. <laughs> hey, no, you hot just... dog on a stick. <laughs> <laughs> Want to see me make some lemonade? <laughs> no, just always wear the same thing every day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'd love the simplicity of it. I essentially do in the wintertime. Jeans and a flannel shirt and. Every one of my flannel shirts goes with jeans. But I mean the same color, same, just exactly the same look. Yeah, so you wouldn't give it five seconds of thought. Nope. 
I, no. I, I wish I had thought of that when I was 25. Well, you still can. I can, but I got it like 40 flannel shirts. That's true. Yeah. Sunk costs, though. Bad money after good, right? Yeah, we'll talk about that later. This is not uh, blowing uh, sunshine up your wazoo, or neither is it poo-pooing anything. Is that a it's just, COVID treatment? It's just the... <laughs> sounds better than those damn shots they're going to give me. Um, this is kind of... This is what we do around here at the Armstrong and Getty Show. We'll just tell you what is... So you understand what's happening, not try to spin you one way or another. Probably be better for our career if we pandered. We just, we don't do that. At least not much. Depends on our mood. (laughs) Anyway, uh, here's the uh, six battleground states where the vote is being contested. And Donald J. and his lawyers are, are trying to get to the bottom of vote fraud. Mitch McConnell nailed it yesterday on this, I thought. Oh, yeah? On him saying, um, look, we got plenty of time. It's going to work through the process. They'll figure out the challenges. You know what? I think clip 40 goes to that, doesn't it? Why don't you hit that? I think we ought to quit all the hand-wringing and not act like this is extraordinary. We're going to get through this period, and we'll swear in the winner on January the 20th, 2021, just like we have every four years since 1793. It actually used to be March and then got switched to January, but the the point remains. Everything's going to be fine. A, a fun talking point to push back against some lefties is the whole why won't he concede thing. Stacey Abrams still has not conceded the, the race that she lost in several several months well, back. Well, how about yeah, Hillary Georgia. saying out loud, Joe Biden, my message, one thing, no matter what, do not concede. Eh, I don't oh, care what Hillary okay. says. It's so. I don't care what Hillary says either. That's misogyny just, right there, it folks. It just doesn't Ugly. make any difference. You're conceded. Whether you concede or not, at some point, right? If you lost it, you don't. You don't. Have, you don't get to choose. My bride actually I said, can't, "Like run a race and at the end say I refuse to acknowledge the winner." Right. Well, I, go ahead. Don't acknowledge it. But he outran you. Everybody saw it. It's over. He's got the medal. I was watching the news and uh, various potentates. Uh, uh, first of all, tip of the cap to Mitch McConnell. That was an adult. It was an adult speaking plain truth. My God, the art has not died completely, but. Uh, we were listening to a couple of heavyweights talking about, uh, should he concede? Is he conceded yet? And she said, what if he concedes and like uh, they do turn oh, uh, turn over serious evidence of massive vote fraud? I said, well, conceding is just like a gentlemanly thing to do. It's not an official thing. We have an office of the government that certifies the winner. The Electoral College gets together. They make it official. Then we inaugurate it. And as guy. Mitch McConnell just said, then that person that they certified becomes president on January 20th. But what if Trump says he won't leave? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, oh, all right. I still have never addressed that. <laughs> um, you know, I want to get to the state-by-state thing. Okay. Uh, we're kind of out of time, but we'll do it next segment. But I wanted to bring this to your attention. This is one of the most beautifully simple, clear, and unambiguous examples of media bias in, in our current world. It's from the infamous New York Times, of course. Look, look at the headline in Good Morning America, Transition Turmoil. There's no turmoil. No. It's fine. They're they're naming their people that they're going to have. They're doing the stuff they're going to do. Everything, everything is fine. Yeah. There's mild inconvenience to not getting as- access to the office space and all, but they've been running a national political campaign for, six, for a year now. They're fine. Anyway, New York Times, and this is almost precisely what Nakedly Progressive Radio did today as well. Headline. The Times called officials in every state no evidence of voter fraud. Subhead. 
The president and his allies have baselessly claimed, baselessly claimed that rampant voter fraud stole victory from him. Officials contacted by the Times said there were no irregularities that affected the outcome. Whoa, 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 whoa. Those are different whoa. headlines. The headline and the subhead are contradictory. The way Nakedly Progressive Radio put it was, the New York Times contacted officials, there's no evidence of vote fraud. That's right, Jenny. They No state reported the sort of massive vote fraud that the president claimed. So do they just think people are too stupid to handle the headline, fraud exists, but not enough to change election? Either that or it just it weakens their narrative. Remember, they're fighters for a cause. They're not journalists anymore. Just because they put on the pocket protector and the garb of the journalist. They're not journalists anymore. The headline and the subhead do not say nearly the same thing. Headline. You know, Jack's lying dead on the floor. I got a smoking gun in my hand. <laughs> Headline, no evidence Joe Getty killed Jack Armstrong. Subhead, authorities say the evidence isn't enough for a conviction. Those are two different things! But they're liars, and you know, we all have to come to accept that. It's just a shame that a lot of good people in this country, and around here we don't hate people who disagree with us, a lot of good people think they're doing their due diligence to understand what's going on in the world, and they're getting jobbed. They're, yeah. they're getting defrauded. They're getting hoodwinked. Ah, it's disappointing. Uh, so you're going to get to the state-by-state state thing coming up? I am, by golly, as long as I have breath. Do we have anybody listening who either does the wearing the same thing every day or knows somebody who does the wearing the same thing every day? I mean, not like literally the same shirt, but... No. Always a black turtleneck and khakis. Exactly, whatever. the Steve Jobs thing. Not a UPS uniform, as you suggested. <laughs> Which would be funny. <laughs> of course, you almost never wear shorts. No, I'm not wearing shorts because I'm a grown man. Um, uh, The text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A respectful Veterans Day to you. I had a good conversation with my kids yesterday about what Veterans Day is. Um, I think all veterans should get the day off, if anybody's going to get the day off, and not just another day off for government workers because it was part of your contract negotiation. But Exactly. When you couldn't give them more money, you gave them one of our sacred holidays on the third Monday of whatever. Although, uh, and that was what happened to Veterans Day for a while until Jerry Ford said, nuh it's November 11th, biatches, which I appreciate. Thank you, President Ford. If you missed the first segment of the second hour of the show, it might be worth a listen, talking about Veterans Day. You can download the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com a little later on today. So a uh, state-by-state look at the six states that are still being contested. Uh, Pennsylvania. Um, there are a couple legal challenges. Um, one was tossed out of court for lack of evidence. Um, Biden's lead is currently above the 0.5% margin that would trigger an automatic recount. Um, 
it's uh, it's it's the uh, the vote separation as of yesterday was almost forty eight thousand, and there's virtually no chance that that gets uh, overturned. They would have to find uh, vote fraud on a scale that's almost unimaginable how unimaginable how they would pull that off. And it's just, again, this is realism, folks. I don't know if that makes you happy or sad, and I don't particularly care. I'm telling you what is. Um, uh, Most legal experts on both sides of the aisle agree it's extremely unlikely, given the amount of irregularities they've uncovered so far. Oh, and I I believe it was uh, in Pennsylvania that the postman who came forward and said there was widespread uh, uh, dishonesty and hinkiness and fraud... He has recanted 100%. So it was fraudulent allegations claims of, of fraud. fraud. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Double fraud. Uh, Georgia. Legal challenge. One suit filed in state court in Chatham County includes the Democratic-leading city of Savannah, alleging invalid late-arriving votes were being mingled with valid ballots. It was dismissed almost immediately for lack of evidence. That doesn't necessarily mean anything. You can find some jackass judge in America who will rule for or against anything, and then they have to kick it upstairs to the grown-up judges to rule on. Um, the grown-up judges. Yeah. Uh, the Secretary of State uh, said Georgia does not have automatic recounts, but they're going to do one anyway. But again, experts on both sides of the aisle say the margin is large enough that the result is unlikely to change. The margin of votes is a little over 12,000 at this point. Uh, bottom line, Trump's hopes rest on the recount, but those hopes are very slim. Uh, Michigan, the lead is 148,000 votes. Please forget it. Um, again, and maybe you've just heard chunks of the show or, or whatever, but we've made it clear that every single incident of vote fraud be it a single vote or, or that healthcare worker at an old folks' home who, who faked up 65 votes in, was it New Jersey? I can't remember, but every single one needs to be hunted down and prosecuted, and we should never, ever again blanket America with unrequested ballots, okay? We're on your side on this. We're just telling you what is right now in the uh, recount thing. Arizona, the gap is about 15,000 votes. Trump campaign claimed in a suit that up to thousands of voters in Maricopa County, the state's largest population center, were disenfranchised because poll workers directed them to override a ballot rejection by pressing a green button on the voting machine that actually disqualified their votes. According to the AP, a lawyer for the county said the number of votes that might be affected by such disqualification is probably about 200. Again, what what were those poll workers doing? Why were they saying that? Find them and throw them in jail for all I care, but... Uh, it's probably only hundreds of votes, and again, we need about 15,000. Um, in Arizona, automatic recount is triggered by less, by the lesser of one-tenth of one percent of the votes cast for both candidates or a margin of 200 votes or less. Um, but there are like 57,000 ballots remaining to be counted. Get on the stick, Arizona. Good Lord. Nevada, the lead is 36,000 votes. It's way too many to overcome. Trump is at 71 million. If he gets to 72 million, by math, he will have received more votes for president than any American in U.S. history, which is really quite amazing. And finally, Wisconsin, the lead is 20,500. There have been no significant lawsuits in the state. Uh, Trump campaign said it will request a recount, which it will pay for. Um, 
And But uh, as uh, Scott Walker, who I backed for president until he turned out to be kind of a B-minus candidate at best, um, he said, look, we've tried this a couple of times and only came up with like 200, 300 votes. So, uh, and again, the gap is 20,500. So. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you running through all of those. It is, as, as I suspected, it is over. There are two questions here. Is there vote fraud? The answer is unquestionably yes. Anybody who claims otherwise is a liar. Question two, was there enough and is it provable to change enough results in swing states to get Trump reelected? Not a chance. No, not a chance. That's so, realism. So I'm, I'm all for fighting to the end to make better our voting system. 100%. Biden is going to be president. Right. Um, my husband wears Levi's in a denim shirt every single day. That's like uh, Jay Leno does that. That's the Tennessee tuxedo, isn't it? Jay Leno does that. The, I could go with the that The denim look. on denim look. I could go with that look, and that's I, easy. I could not. You look like an inmate. Denim shirts, you don't have to... Uh, I don't like, want to look like an inmate. Okay. A denim shirt just sounds uncomfortable. People suggested an eye patch as a gimmick. What? A toothpick. Uh, a cane. Cane? No. Too cumbersome. You know, I... I uh, uh, I grabbed my wolf cane. It's in the garage right now. The cane that helped me through my two uh, uh, aftermarket joint replacements. And it was, it was like an old friend. An old friend that I'd stuck in the garage and never look at. Did you beat down an abolitionist, or what did you do with your cane? <laughs> I, w- I went looking for some. I couldn't find any. <laughs> More news on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Veterans of the blue and the gray, I accept this monument in the spirit of brotherhood and peace. There can be no greater service to our country and no source of pride more real. Today, Veterans Day, as we do every year, we take that moment to embrace the gentle heroes of Vietnam and of all our wars. As our forces fight, they and their families are in our prayers. The brave Americans serving our nation today in the Persian Gulf, in Somalia, and wherever else they stand are testament to our resolve. They deserve to know that their elected leaders who voted to send them to war continue to stand behind them. So thank you for your service and your sacrifice. You are among the very greatest Americans who will ever live. You are the pride of our nation. You are the glory of our republic. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. A whole bunch of different presidents saying the uh, the nice things, the right things about Veterans Day, which is today. And my kids were asking me about Veterans Day yesterday and what it means. And then my youngest, who's only eight, talking about, well, why, do we, why are there wars and why do we need to do this and do that? And I'm just thinking about that, uh, explaining to him why there are people out there who just want to take your stuff, just like a bully in school. Uh, there are countries that are bullies and want to take your stuff. They want to take our stuff. And if we can't stop them with our military, they will. And that gets to the story about uh, what happened in Hong Kong, where you got four people that were kicked out of the legislature yesterday in Hong Kong because they're not willing to go along with the whole China's now in charge uh, message. And so a whole bunch of their colleagues um, stepped down, resigned, you know, as a show. But I'm Mm -hmm. sure China's saying, good, resign. We'll We'll replace you with people who agree that China now runs Hong Kong. That sort of country is why we got to pay attention to Veterans Day. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. 
And just a quick thought, having listened to all those uh, stirring words from our various presidents, a couple of thoughts. First of all, for all of his uh, sins, I think Donald J. Trump may have been, and continues to be for at least a couple more months, more responsible with the lives of our troops than virtually any president in my memory. Because the the greatest way to pay tribute to our armed forces is not to send them into unnecessary peril. To be very judicious about that. To be smart. To not prolong wars just because it would look bad to end them, politically speaking. And I tip my cap to Donald J. for, you know, putting his his actions where his words are. So so well done, Mr. President. Um, New twist in the murder hornet story. Stay tuned. Really? Uh, Okay, well, we'll move on. Jody Shaw is a mild-mannered liberal woman. She works as a staffer at Smith College, the ultra-liberal women's liberal arts college in Massachusetts. She identifies herself as a lifelong liberal. She's sick and tired, though, she says, of enduring what she describes as harassment, discrimination, and hostility in her workplace, which is Smith College. And it's all because she has light skin. She is a white woman. That is racism. She was mandated to discuss uh, to attend a discussion or training program on racial justice after, get this, a black student accused a white school staffer of racially motivated behavior. The school investigated and found nothing. But the idea that racism was pervasive on the campus persisted. Ms. Shaw attended one of these events and describes her experience. Last winter, I was mandated to attend one of these discussions, and the hired professional facilitators went around the room and asked each person to talk about their race in the context of their childhood, no less. And I politely declined. I said, I'm not comfortable doing that, so I'm going to pass. The facilitators later told everyone in the room that any white person who displays any discomfort at all or resistance to discussing their skin color when asked is not actually uncomfortable at all. They are displaying what's called white fragility and as such are committing a power play. Yeah. So my simply abstaining from the discussion was framed as an act of aggression and so it was really a, essentially a public shaming is what happened. That is so crazy and expected. We knew this was going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's it's racist. It's uh, an incredibly unfair bullying. I That's... mean, it's it's uh, so far afoul of, of, you know, any reasonable law of employment. That's what critical race theory brings you. It was brought up in one of the debates Biden didn't know what they were talking about. Chris Wallace didn't know what they were talking about. What's wrong with uh, racial sensitivity training? No, that's what they're talking about when they talk about critical race theory. And the leading expert in the country is it is James Lindsay. And the reason he was voting for Trump is not because he likes Trump. He can't stand Trump. But he believes a Biden presidency will be an accelerator pedal for critical race theory in our schools and in our government. And it will. You will be dragged in front of a crowd. You will be forced to your knees, whether literally or metaphorically, as this woman was, and you will be forced to admit to your racism. And if you don't submit, you will lose your job or you will be so hounded that you will quit your job. And it's, that's what's coming, friends. And it's easy to say by me or anybody else, well, I'd quit my job before I do that or I'll pull my kid out of school. That's easier said than done. Yeah. Quitting your job and finding a new one or getting your kid into another school, maybe at great expense. 
For fans of mumbo and or jumbo, Kathleen McCartney, who's the president of Smith College, has responded to uh, Ms. Shaw's statements. We will bring you that utterly horrific response. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> it's stupid. Uh, in a minute. First of all, though, <clears throat> if I might sing for you, tis the season to be robbed. Oh, yeah. what was that? Wake up and smell the porch pirates. <laughs> wow. There's always a rise in break-ins and porch piracy during the holidays. And that's why Simply Safe Home Security is having a huge holiday sale. 30% off any Simply Safe system and a free security camera, which you need. You know, recently, U.S. News and World Report called the Simply Safe the best home security of 2020. So whether you're traveling or staying put for the holidays or whatever, you want to take advantage of a 30% off plus a free security camera deal before it ends this week. You install it yourself. It's easy to do. You don't even need a screwdriver. The equipment is of the highest quality. The camera footage is great. The, the Simply Safe also won the CNET Editor's Choice for Best Home Security and a Forbes Award. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. 30% off plus a free security camera right now. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I've been robbed once in my life. It was a rental home in a nice neighborhood, but it was during Christmas while we were out of town. Mm. And, uh, oh, that's burgled. The, I think about that every time I leave town during the holidays. Yep. Yep. So, uh, let's see. Oh, back to the, uh, the Smith College story. So, Jody Shaw comes around. She talks about the bullying she experienced because of the color of her skin, which <laughs> used to be considered terrible in this country. And the uh, president of Smith College said, Dear students, staff, and faculty, this past week an employee of the college posted a personal video to express concerns about the college's programming to promote racial justice. Calling Dr. Orwell. Calling Dr. Orwell. Since the video was posted, members of the president's cabinet and I have heard from many in the Smith community who disagree strongly with the content of the post. This employee does not speak for the college or any part of the college. No, nobody thought she did. Further, we believe the video mischaracterizes the college's important ongoing efforts to build a more equitable and inclusive living, learning, and working environment. (sighs) You should know that the employee has not violated any college policies by sharing their personal views on a personal challenge. They probably, uh, a personal channel rather, they probably feared a lynching. Um, And then they talk about the National Labor Relations Act and all members of any workplace, including Smith College, have the freedom to criticize the policies and practices of their employer. I appreciate yeah, them standing up for that's that. That's hilarious. She will be hounded out of her job. Yeah, that's hilarious in, in, in practice. You're allowed to criticize any policy at name the country you work for. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah. Nevertheless, I'm writing to affirm that the president's cabinet and I believe believe we have a moral responsibility to promote racial justice, equity, and inclusion at Smith College through more racism. That was my comment. Back to the text. To the people of color in our community, please know our commitment is steadfast. And especially to our students of color, please know that we are here for you always. In case a white gal says, I feel bullied. Well, that made the, the, the kids of color feel unsafe because you've systematically twisted their minds to make them believe they're unsafe. LeBron freaking James, who could win a fair fight with a bull elephant, <laughs> says, man, I'm scared every day. Um, well, she, she, I think she rightly realized no matter what I say in this, tell us about your racial experience as a child, no matter what I say, I'm going to get killed here. Right. And not saying anything will also be punished. So you have two, three choices. Say what they want you to say. Say what you believe. 
or say nothing. Choices two and three there will get you hounded out of your job. We're not exaggerating. This is not hyperbole. Maybe it hasn't come to your cul-de-sac yet or your school or or your your workplace, but it's gonna. Red alert, folks. So did you follow this China story, the Hong Kong thing? No. Yeah. Um, So there were five legislators who were hardcore still fighting for Hong Kong's autonomy, and they were fired by... Um, that scary looking chick the scary looking chick there in hong kong yeah lamb is that her name lamb i think and then a whole bunch of their colleagues uh stepped down which is you know is like i said a nice political move but i don't think it'll it'll have any uh, good effect uh, design today we will resign our positions because our partners our car our colleagues have been disqualified by the central government's ruthless move we're facing a lot of difficulties in the coming future from the fight for democracy, but we will never, ever give up. I appreciate that, and you're a true patriot. Those you are, are, are heroes. Yeah, you're doomed, though. You're doomed. Well, a lot of patriots know that, and they'd rather die yeah, than I get it. Rather die I on their feet than live it. on their knees. I'm not criticizing it, but there's, right. China is going to win this battle. Mm-hmm. The disqualifications of the four came after China's National People's Congress Standing Committee. Boy, that's a long name which had meetings on Tuesday and Wednesday, passed a resolution stating that those who support Hong Kong's independence or if, or refuse to acknowledge China's sovereignty over the city or threaten national security or ask external forces to interfere should be disqualified uh, and, uh, and removed. And they said they didn't go along with it. So mm. they're getting rid of all legislators who will say out loud, no, we think Hong Kong should be autonomous. So Hong Kong is gone. Right, right. And Taiwan is next. We'll see what happens there. Oh, that reminds me of a great uh, string on Twitter I came across uh, where uh, this fella, whose work I didn't know, but it's quite good, is talking about how uh, censorship, totalitarian censorship, always begins under the guise of we're just trying to crack down on misinformation. Mm. That is straight out of the playbook. I have that. Plus, didn't realize that. Plus, China currently has, by the best estimates, 3.4 million slaves. Almost 3.5 million people enslaved in China, and they're in second place. And they're not even close to first place. Nations, China is asshole! Well, that is beyond question, sir. Uh, the uh, Who has slaves on Earth right now? List coming up. Good. If we can get to it, so much to get to. And actor John Voight has weighed in on the Biden presidency. Finally. Angelina Jolie's dad, if you're younger. And it's, uh, well, I don't know. Is this going to help? Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. McDonald's announced yesterday that it is planning to test a plant-based sandwich called the McPlant. Finally, something they won't be sold out of every time I go. Do you have any McPlants left? Yeah. All of them. (laughs) We got all the McPlants. (laughs) 
I'm sorry, I wasn't really paying attention. What is it? Some plant based burger? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The McRib is coming back for the first time in eight years. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. Stop it. Get in line now. Nobody cares. Limited supply. Limited supply. Anybody I, who lines up for those, take away the right to vote. I did a radio remote when the McRib first came out back in the 80s or whenever it was. At the McDonald's. Truth in advertising, it's McMushed Up Pork Leavens. Yeah. Yeah. It's a rib-shaped pork patty. Yeah. Sounds less good when you call it that, right? <laughs> uh, any election news you need to know? Um, Alaska has called, so Trump won Alaska, which is only a couple of electoral votes, but um, the Republican won the Senate there. So now it's 50-50. Republicans have 50 senators. Just got to pick up one in, in Georgia to uh, to to you know have the majority. Um, uh, That's and they, huge, and, huge. And it was announced just a few minutes ago, Georgia's going to do a full hand recount, which will take a long time. Of the presidential race. Yeah, so before mm-hmm. they'll finally announce who won what there. Um, oh, and I saw the story about how all the potential 2024 Republican candidates are going to Georgia to get involved to, so that they'll be on TV a lot, fighting ah. a good fight. Marco Rubio's going to be there. Yes. Uh, 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 Pence is going Nikki Haley, they're all going to be in Georgia. Jump down, turn around. Tom Cotton, maybe? I don't know if I've heard that or not, but they're they're all going to try to be there and, you know, be seen as, I'm the person that got him across the line. Yes. <laughs> or at least, I've fought the good fight. Mm-hmm. De- depending on his own desires, if Tim Scott is not a, a serious contender for the 2024 Republican ticket, I don't guy, know what they're doing yeah, as a party. Yeah, yeah, he, he, yeah. Anyway. Well, as a I, guy who backed Scott Walker, then... Then Marco Rubio, then Ted Cruz, then somebody you I can't remember. You sucked me into the next presidential election. I'm thinking. I'm out. I've been saying Tim Scott, Nikki Haley. Hmm. But who knows? So this is John Hayward, who's a writer. Um, and this uh, Twitter string we are uh, turned on to. Every modern effort to crush free speech. Begin- oh, you know what? Let me pay this off. Uh, counting up from number six. North Korea has about 1.1 million slaves. Uzbekistan, 1.2 million. Bangladesh, 1.5 million slaves right now. Pakistan, 2.1 million. China, 3.4 million. They're in second place. First place. And slavery, if we had the time, I'd describe their standards, but they're pretty sound. You can't quit. You get paid little or nothing. You're abused. You can be sold, etc. Sounds pretty slavey to me. Number one in the world, India with 18.4 million slaves. India, a democracy. 18.4. Moving along. John Hayward is a writer, and uh, and he posted the following string, which I found uh, most excellent. It's very long. We'll see how much we have time for. But Every modern effort to crush free speech begins as a crusade against, quote, disinformation. China's massive internet censorship apparatus was initially justified as an effort to control the spread of false information, and the Chinese state still describes it that way. Censors begin by claiming that they only want to control the spread of deliberate falsehoods and push back against propaganda campaigns. They always begin by saying their primary concern is disinformation spread by hostile foreign powers. Facebook, Twitter, (laughs) are you listening? China constantly says this to this day. The definition of disinformation begins to expand as the censors seek more power. Soon they aren't just going after deliberate falsehoods pushed by malevolent conspiracies. They're suppressing everything from honest mistakes to predictions and wrong opinions. 
quote-unquote wrong opinions. Wrong opinions. That reminds me, uh, fans, A&G fans on Facebook, uh, we're going to step up our efforts to figure out what the heck is going on. All of our fan groups on Facebook are getting banned. And I have a very strong feeling it's because we have, with all due modesty, enormous ratings in the Silicon Valley area. And they hear us, and they hear our criticisms. And Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook are targeting us and you uh, and and quashing you on Facebook. And it sucks. We're going to start dealing with it. Anyway, back to John Hayward. It soon becomes clear that the censorship rules, like all other rules in totalitarian societies, are not evenly applied. The ruling party and its friends are judged much less harshly than dissidents. They get far more latitude to make unfounded statements or outright lies. The censors move on, suppressing not just disinformation or demonstrably false statements, but even completely true statements that lack some vital context. The censors declare that even pure truth is deceptive when it's not packaged and delivered correctly. Pointing out our discussion yesterday, the New York Times published a completely true uh, headline about Donald Trump, but it was complimentary. And the woke crowd within the New York Times said, that's reputation laundering. So it was true, but it was impermissible because it didn't achieve the right thing. One more little bit. From here, from here, the next step is to enforce the perspective of the dominant ideology as the only context for evaluating facts. Chinese censors do this all the time. They condemn true facts presented by political dissidents as the worst form of deception. There's much more to this. It's really good. We'll post a link if you'd like to read the whole thing at armstrongandgetty.com. Coming up, 11 ways to keep your Thanksgiving meal safe. Mm. Armstrong and Getty.